0: good afternoon good evening my name is Marty Plum and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast a weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket welcome to episode number 156 we are finally back on the uh, back on the horse here with uh, doing some interview podcasts uh, downstairs in my basement my dog Charlie just walked in he's looking around for a place to sit now he's going back out but hey we're good there really excited to have Jason Dolliver the head girls basketball coach at Pender High School, the the Pen Dragons. What exactly is is a Pen Dragon part of like Game of Thrones, Jason, or or anything like that? Or are, are you gonna <laughs> are you gonna go and try and conquer uh, Middle Middle Earth or or whatever it is in Game of Thrones?
1: Well, the good news is I don't think that anybody's really sure. So whatever I say, as long as I'm <laughs> confident in, it, it's a story, right? Fake
0: until you make it, right? <laughs>
1: yeah so uh, a pen dragon in medieval times dragons were leaders of clans and uh, a pen dragon was a leader of the the dragons. so it's kind of like the uh you have a bunch of principals in a in a school and the superintendent is in charge of all the principals so it'd be like the superintendent how's that for an analogy gotcha all right
0: the leader of the <laughs> leaders is what you're saying there
1: you go okay. yes all right
0: well I always kind of wondered that, and now we know. So what were those old PSAs in the 90s on NBC, the, the more you know? Uh, well, there you go. There you have it. So now we all know what a pen dragon is. So, uh, Well, hey, Jason Dolliver, uh, head girls basketball coach at Pender High School here in Nebraska. Excited to have him on. Uh, my voice is steadily recovering here. It still kind of sounds a little raspy. Uh, at least I can notice. I, I don't know if any of you folks can notice or not, so I apologize for that.
1: Uh,
0: I think you sound pretty good. I'm doing okay. It sounds a lot better than it did a week ago. So, Uh, Before we get going here with Coach Dolliver, uh, we, of course, want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha, Nebraska. Coaches, if you are... Any of your athletes have any issues with balanced neck or spinal issues, go see Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi at 144th of Maple. Uh, Check out their practice at CossackChiro.com. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, If you're listening, of course, you're on iTunes. Be sure to download, rate, review. Give us five stars. Subscribe, please. That helps out with our rankings, and we can help as many coaches as we can to hone their craft. Uh, any questions comments suggestions or ideas email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com uh, check out a pen and a napkin.com great coaching website i like it you know why because i made it myself and of course if you'd be willing to financially contribute to a pen and a napkin uh, go to patreon.com backslash a pen and a napkin but it is time to talk with uh jason dollar and uh, his team is off to a great start What do you guys 13 and one right now coach 13-1. Wow, okay. So 14. You're about the only team, I feel like, in the state that's played more games than we have. I, I feel like all we've been doing is playing games and hardly had any practice time. But you're, you've upped us by one. We've played 13. You've played 14. So uh, hats off to you, my friend.
1: Hey, thanks. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not, but thank you. <laughs> felt like we just had our, fi- our our first normal practice in a long time tonight, so that felt pretty good. Yeah,
0: that, yeah, that, that, that is nice to have. So, uh, Well, hey, Coach. Um, You know, the way we usually start this is we give our our guests an opportunity to uh, give a little background, tell us about your uh, athletic and basketball journey. How did you end up in Pender, Nebraska? How did you end up being the girls' basketball coach at Pender High?
1: All right. Well, uh, I'll try to keep it short here. I guess basketball has been a part of my life since I was a little kid. It was something that I always enjoyed. Um, Brother John and my dad, uh, we had a lot of uh, wars on the uh, uh, back porch where we would – have a lot of good times have a lot of arguments and things like that but uh so it's been a part of my life for a long time I played high school basketball in Stanton um uh wanted to continue my my career uh in in the field education was something that I that I really really enjoyed so I went down that path and uh got into the coaching business as soon as I could um coached a little bit uh along the way and uh I came to Pender uh back in the 2006-7 school year Mm -hmm. um i was just in my fourth year in education and they hired me to be the principal i'm not sure why they did that but i'm glad that they did yeah <laughs> and they also asked me to be the head boys basketball coach at that time um i had coached a little bit in Norfolk um uh prior to that a little bit in stanton my hometown uh b- before that and um so i came here i coached for three years and then they asked me to be the superintendent uh-huh. which again i'm not sure why they did that either <laughs> but uh, i'm glad they did uh-huh. uh And at that time it was it was one of those things where i needed to step away from coaching so that i could uh, focus on being an administrator i was Uh young i was inexperienced um you know we fast forward a bunch of years and uh, a bunch of youth basketball games and things the club basketball games uh and uh this opportunity presented itself and uh I was thrilled to death to be able to, to step into the head girls basketball coaching role and, and take it, and I'm, I'm loving every minute of it, even the painful ones. Yeah,
0: yeah, year two here as the girls' head, right? Correct. Yeah, okay, awesome. So you've had an interesting track here. You got into administration uh, really, really young. What, what drew you to leaving the classroom so early in your educational career and, and jumping into the administrative part of things?
1: yeah so uh i was i got hired as a 25 year old to be a secondary principal and um uh, yeah that's not normal uh <laughs> just it, things fell into place I, I you know sometimes you just got to be at the right place at the right time and that's exactly what happened but uh what what drew me there is is Um, You know, I grew up in a house. My dad was my high school principal, and uh, my mom was the uh, secretary at the school. Uh, Before that, he was uh, he he was a teacher, so it it was part of who I was pretty much my entire life. And when you look at your career path and what you want to do, like I said, I I wanted knew I wanted to be in education. I loved the classroom, uh, but I also knew at some point in time I wanted to jump into the administrative uh, uh, realm, and. It, it happened sooner than I thought it would. I was mm-hmm. scared to death when I took the job in Pender. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to take a risk and, and, and go for it. And I'm, I'm glad I did.
0: A little leap of faith, if you will. That's right. Uh, one or two things that you really like about being an administrator
1: probably the biggest thing is, is, is seeing, seeing students, um, when they, when they show up, whether that's, they're a new student, um, or a, or a young student, um, and just seeing them turn into a person that is, uh, just an awesome person. I I love watching that process. I love being a part of that process. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that would be one. Um, I guess the other one, uh, what I love about being an administrator is just being around kids. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are full of life. They're full of energy. Um, they they keep me on my toes. They keep all of us on our toes. And uh, I, I just can't picture really doing anything else. Um, uh, helping kids is something that, that I've always feel like I've, I've done. And, and it's part of my life. And I, I'm thrilled that that's the case.
0: One or two tough things about being an administrator?
1: There's uh, yeah, that, that's a great question. Uh-huh. Um, Let's
0: see. That's why they pay me the big bucks.
1: Wow. I guess <laughs> probably, probably the hardest thing would be uh, for me decisions. Um, decisions are hard. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when some of them are, some of them are easy, but when the, when the decisions are, are made that have an impact on a person's life, And and that's truly what happens sometimes. Um, When I have to make a decision that impacts somebody's life, that is hard and uh-huh. it's challenging and it pushes me in ways that I never thought I would be pushed. And, uh, that, that's a very difficult thing for me. So, uh-huh. um, I, I, don't take decisions lightly, whether that's canceling school for snow, um, adding a class to a, a teacher's workload or, you know, whatever the decision is. Sure. Um, I, I try to do my best to, uh, really give it thought. Um, I suppose the other thing would be, uh, it's, it's a double-edged sword is parents. Mm-hmm. Um, p- parents and families are, are part of why the school district I'm fortunate enough to be a part of is amazing. But uh, we're also dealing with people's most important thing, and that's their kids. And, and that creates a lot of challenges. Um, they're usually always good, and things are well-intended, but it's, it can be hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in any community... Uh, the 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 leadership of the you know the school is obviously a very very important part to any community whether it is uh, a small community like Pender or you get into a, a bigger community you know uh, Millard West Millard North you know that type of thing and and everything in between and you uh, have as you know as we talked about you've been at Pender for a while you came there at a very young age you've been in a leadership position there for a long time. And, and not only are you, especially when, when you're a, a school administrator, especially in a smaller community, you are uh, seen as a as a leader within the community, whether you want to be or not. Uh, what, uh, what are some things that you've learned about leadership over the years since you've been there and, and, and how that leadership as a principal, as a superintendent, has affected your leadership philosophy as a basketball coach?
1: Yeah, so, you know what, over the years, what I've learned about leadership is is uh, uh, a lot of things. Some of them that come to mind would be, um, I don't ever, I, if I'm not willing to do something myself, um, I can't ask somebody else to do it. Um, I feel like that's something that I that I'd really try to live by. Um, I also know that uh, when it comes to leadership, one of my philosophies is, um, nobody works for me. Um, I work with people. Um, I feel like no matter what a person's role is in a school, um, it's a it's a vital role and it's an important piece of the puzzle. And uh, that includes mine. And we all have to work together. And um, I think that that's something that has really guided me and helped me along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more things. Um, one would be I feel like people want me to be a person and I, I that's part of why I love Pender um, Pender wants me to be a human they want uh-huh. they want to see me uh, uh, go to basketball games they want to see me um go to the local uh uh sports bar and have a burger and a beer. They want to see me at the golf course, those mm-hmm. types of things. And and they accept me. Once once we've kind of built that trust, they accept me for who I am, which is sometimes a little bit of a uh overly animated person on the sidelines of the girls basketball court attender. But uh
0: <laughs> And that's when you weren't coaching, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, probably the other, the biggest thing that, that I live by is, is perception is reality. And, um, that's something that I didn't know that i realized and I, I i figured it out quick and and the principal role and i carried it into the superintendent role you know what people believe whether it's it's truth or fact reality or not what, what they perceive and believe that's reality and so i have to work with people and their perceptions and if i can if i can do that I, i'm gonna have a chance of being much more uh, effective with those folks uh-huh.
0: you're uh you are in your second year on the job and uh you you've got a talented group your uh your daughter I believe I I'm guessing that's the, the other dolliver on the team there uh yes. yes yeah so uh that helps uh she's having a heck of a year as a sophomore and and uh we're not going to play each other until she's graduated i'm just telling you that right now so <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh you know penders a small community it's a it's a c2 community so that you probably have about Oh, between what thirty-five and forty-five kids per class, right around there.
1: Yeah, uh, we'd be a little lower than that, but yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, so a, a small school, but yet you've been very consistent in your success with your girls' basketball program. Uh, what do you what do you feel, Jason, is is some keys to the consistency of your success in your program with you know a, a small pool of student athletes to to choose from on a year-in, year-out basis. that, And you're not drawing in a bunch of kids from a bunch of different places at your school. So what are some of the keys to that?
1: That's a great question. So one of the things about Pender is, and our girls' basketball program, I think, is truly a microcosm of our community. Um, in Pender, we have a bunch of people that are committed to the same things and on the same page and work really hard. Uh, for good things to happen um and that's exactly what our basketball program is um when i came here we were struggling a little bit to be honest with you that was back in 06 07 um and we had a group of people who who wanted different um and they worked extremely hard and they actually kind of they, they really set the tone for this uh for this program probably uh late Uh, 08 09 2010 in that range a lot of people worked really hard and they had success Um, and we had a four-year run at the state tournament in the early 10s and that blueprint um was simple for people like me um, and a lot of my my friends and uh, uh acquaintances here around Pender um if you want to be successful at something you got to put put some time in you got to put some effort in um, you got to care about people you gotta get, give them reasons to be a part of the program give them reasons to stick with the program um, have fun while you're doing it um but but in the end it's it's putting in a lot of time and uh, seeing the best in people because Uh, We do have a limited group to pick from, and uh, that kid that might get turned away at a larger school is an important piece of the puzzle here, and we need them, and we need them to uh, be the best whoever they are uh, they can be, and I think that's kind of been the blueprint. We've, We've been fortunate over over time i'm not going to lie <laughs> yeah um we've kind of caught lightning in a bottle in in, in various points in time and mm-hmm. the first the first run you know i think we they they caught lightning in a bottle it was back in 11 12 13 14 those years really talented girls um who had worked their tails off uh, and we've had that, uh, when, when we've been working our butts off, um, we've also had talented kids come through sure. and that's been super fortunate. You know, you think back to people like Ashley Ostrand, that, that girl was an athlete like no other. You think back to Paige Ballinger, uh, lots of names over the years. Uh, so it's been a lot of hard work and, you know, we're taking advantage of the, the tools that we have.
0: Uh-huh. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter Send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website a pen and a napkin Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin video library. You uh, you had a nice list of of people that you talked about that were big influences on your career. Uh, I want to go a little rapid fire on this here, Jason. Uh, you know, let's just kind of go through. Uh, let's go through this list and and in a minute or two, just just talk to us about this person and and their influence on your on your coaching career. Okay.
1: Sounds good. All right, uh, Dennis, your dad. Dennis, he is still a huge influence on me um, from the time I was. Uh brought into this earth he's been pushing me and asking me questions and frustrating me and and doing everything he can to make me the best person that i can be i'm forever grateful for all he has done for me Uh, there's no way i'd be who i am without him um even when he makes me really mad and and annoyed (laughs) um (laughs) he's he's still the biggest reason that uh um i am who i am today
0: okay uh kurt lammer's
1: kurt Lammers was my high school basketball coach kurt was a young guy uh late 20s early 30s when uh he was the coach in in stanton and uh kurt was passionate about basketball kurt um was was an x's and o's guy kurt was uh uh, just a, a really good person, um, who was able to get a group of kids who loved basketball, um, headed in the same direction. And he let us do our thing, but he also pushed us and made us uh, work outside of our comfort zone in ways. And, um, he's helped me immensely. Uh, he, he kind of framed my mind as a basketball person.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, Ben Reese.
1: Ben Reese was a kid that I kind of idolized uh, as a kid growing up. He was two years older than me. He was my brother's age. Um, then Ben Reese went ahead and became the head boys basketball coach at Norfolk, and um, I was part of that program for a while. Uh, so I was—I uh, I knew him as a player. I knew him as a coach um f- phenomenal player um one of those kids that uh, you you watch and you're you're in awe of and then as a coach he did the same thing and um a lot of the things that he instilled in his program in Norfolk um are things that I brought to Pender and, and put in place here and uh Ben was a great role model for me um and somebody who I learned a lot from
0: what were some of those things that you took from Ben that you put into place at Pender
1: so from ben was uh program how how do we build a program from the ground up so simple things like okay it's essentially a curriculum for for his basketball program at grade two we need to uh make sure that the kids know x y and z at grade three grade four grade five all the way through his high school program so just kind of formalizing uh the, the the skill base um little things like uh uh, he, weekly emails to parents um, during the season to keep that communication going those are some of the things that I took from Ben um, just a great great program leader and uh, he's helped me a ton and he probably doesn't even know that
0: <laughs> <laughs> well if he listens to this now he'll know so
1: yeah, uh, this,
0: this John Dolliver guy uh, you know whoever the heck he is uh, you know, no responsibilities in his life, no, no, nothing on his plate at all. Uh, what about this John Dolliver guy?
1: Um, John's my best friend on the planet. Um, uh, he's also the guy who, who, uh, when I was growing up, I, I, I wanted to be like him and I wanted to uh, punch him in the face all at the same time. <laughs> um, um, I, I, I think that I helped him be who he was and he helped me be who I am. And uh, we talk basketball all the time. Um, we have daughters that are the same age now that are both playing and um, uh, love my brother to death. And I, I, I'm just uh, glad to have him. And he's the he's the best basketball resource you could possibly imagine.
0: Mhm. Uh, we, we, uh, when, when you have a complaint about something dealing with the, for those of you that don't know, uh, John Dolliver is in charge of basketball for the state of Nebraska, for the Nebraska high school, uh, athletic association or activities association, excuse me. So, so you've got a direct line there, whether, whether it's over the phone or at the Thanksgiving dinner or anything like that. Is it, is, is there any, uh, a shop talk about how to improve the game of basketball in the state of Nebraska?
1: Never shop talk.
0: Never, never, <laughs> never. Not at all. Not at all. Oh,
1: gosh. Yeah, absolutely. We, we talk about things all the time and what John's really good about is, is letting me be me and, um, interestingly enough he he does a great job he when he needs to be the nsaa guy and and put me in my place he's not afraid to do that i suppose that's because he's my older brother yeah my much older brother by two years so yeah, but yeah we talk shop a lot and,
0: yeah. and okay uh and then last on your list was uh, coach mcdermott
1: Craig McDermott was somebody who I feel fortunate to have been able to watch as a, as a 20 ish, 20 some year old person. I went to Wayne state to play college football. That didn't work out. I went to play basketball. Um, I ended up uh, in a, in a, student assistant, student manager. I don't even know what the heck I was, but, uh, Greg took me under his wing. Um, he let me sit beside he and the rest of his coaching staff, the entire season taking stats and listening and watching everything that he did. Um, and he taught me things that he, he doesn't know he taught me. And, uh, I, I admire him and I, I've loved watching his uh, trajectory over the course of time. And, um, man, I can still tell you some of the few things he said to me that, uh, that have stuck with me for a long, long time. Even my foot stomp. I got my foot stomp <laughs> from Greg McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've
0: seen that foot stomp a couple of times here. Uh, what was the two or three things that you picked up from Greg?
1: One of the things was um he I went into his office it was after the season we had had a great season at Wayne State it was when I was kind of a kind of a player at the time but transitioning anyway uh he he talked about uh how we could be better next year than we were this year and I asked him I was like we lose Tyler Johnson and Jason Diaz and Chad Nelson and and a bunch of other guys. Do you really think we're going to be as good or better next year than we were this year? And he's like, absolutely. You know, we, everybody, everybody can grow and develop and get better. And those guys were awesome and we'll miss them, but we're going to figure out how to take the pieces of the puzzle that we have and and make them all better and uh, put those pieces together better the next time around. And Mm -hmm. I think it's that growth mindset that he that he i didn't realize it at the time but but after a while i realized it that growth mindset is why he is who he is um the other thing that i picked up for him is from him is is just you can't invest too much in an individual and um, the more you invest in people um the better you're going to be as a person and as a leader and to this day i could walk up to him you know i don't I, i i I haven't talked to him for quite some time. I could walk up to him and guarantee I could shake his hand. He'd know exactly who I am. He'd know my name and he'd strike up a conversation and he'd be, um, he would make me feel valuable mm-hmm. and, um, and he wouldn't have to, yeah. uh, but he would, that's just the type of person that he is. And that's something that I admire a ton and something that I want to, I, I want to emulate that.
0: Um, uh-huh. uh- you, uh, I, I thought it was interesting. You, you brought up something in the in the stuff that I sent you about uh, coaching in today's environment, and I, I definitely wanted to touch on that with you since you since you brought it up and and you've got uh, you've got an interesting perspective. You've seen a lot. You uh, have seen things through an administrator's eyes for a long time and but you were still coaching some youth ball and doing some stuff and staying involved and you were a former varsity coach and and you've got you know your your brother that's got his responsibilities so there's a different perspective there. And, you know, I, I just thought we'd we'd dive in on this a little bit, Jason, and just kinda, you know, what did you mean by that statement that you sent me, you know, coaching in today's environment. And, 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 and where did you want to go with that?
1: Coaching in today's environment is tough. Um, there, there's a few different ways that I, that I was intending to, to, to talk about. And, uh, I'll just, I'll tell you them. one yeah. of them was, um, you know, the, the instant gratification social media, that gets talked about a lot in our, in our kids. I think we know that about our kids, um, uh, they're they're different now than they were ten years ago and ten years before that. But what what I've found is is as basketball is a very difficult game. Yeah, um, yeah. It's physical. It's hard. Um, it's hard to it's play. Hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to play. It's hard to be good at. Um, and I, what I'm finding is, and especially in small environments where there's not a, a, a huge pool of kids to draw from, is is um, helping kids find that. Uh, is kind of what I talked about with Coach McDermott, helping kids find their value and realizing – Um, you know what? You aren't that person, but you are you and you are a darn good you. And we need you. Um, Yeah. You don't shoot as well as that kid. You don't dribble or whatever, but we need you and and we need you to be a part of this program. And that's hard because you're, you're trying to convince kids to be a part of a program. That's not an easy thing to do. It's a long season. Mm. The season starts early and and it feels like it never ends. So, that that's kind of what i what i meant by that and it's it's something that i've worked worked hard on the other piece of that is is when you live in a small town um you got to meet people where they are Mm -hmm. um i could have these grand schemes and plans and if no one else that i'm working with is on that same page i'm not going to get very far yeah and i've got to find out what makes people what makes our what makes those kids tick what makes their families tick and uh what makes me tick and blend that all together and do the best that we can do with what we have because we, we have the kid who will who will run through the wall and yeah. their basketball diehard. they want nothing more than to be on that court all the time mm-hmm. and as much as possible and then i have the kid who um Really doesn't want to be there, yeah. Um, but they're good at it, and they're in a small town, and, and we need them. And and uh, I have to take those two kids and and, and the rest of their teammates and uh, blend them together. And and the better that I can meet people where they are and get the most out of them, I feel like the better our team and our program is going to be.
0: Mm-hmm. When you when you talk about uh the instant gratification part of it and, and, and playing basketball is hard and coaching basketball is hard. I I think there's uh, two big things that make it different uh, than, than most other sports, not every other sport, but most other sports. Number one is uh, there's so much subjectivity to it uh, in, in, in large part, Uh, you know, you know, anybody could say, well, my, you know, my, kid or whatever you know Jimmy could have made that shot if he'd have gotten the same look it just like Bobby could have made that shot you know and 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 then it's just uh one of the great things about basketball is is but but it makes it hard to coach is it's intimacy you know you don't have a lot of privacy I always I always told uh coach Terman you know he can he can He can say things and do things on the sidelines that most people don't even notice because there's so much space, but if you and I were to do the same thing, uh, everybody's going to see it because we're in this tight, compact, intimate setting. Uh, and, and there's a lot of second and third guessing sometimes, uh, based on your play call or your body language or whatever it may be. And I think that that's something that we as coaches, and I know that I've tried to do this as I've gotten older, be aware of the intimacy that makes it so great, but also at times can, you know, make it a little complicated as well too. Uh, you know, is that part of what you're thinking about too, Jason?
1: oh for sure you you you're talking exactly what i'm talking about you know and and that's where i go back to um when you have the trust when you have the the relationships when you've when, when you're all on the same page um, and you've met those people where they are and you've, you've pulled them as far as you can to the direction that you can. That's when, when you do or say something that you wish you wouldn't have uh-huh. <laughs> on the sideline and everybody is right there watching you. Um, that's when people have your backs and, and you can get through that situation. And, um, that's when they know, uh, at least you hope they know when, um, uh, you play this kid over that kid, or you, you draw this play up instead of that. And, uh, you hope that people uh, have that trust in you, and that's where it becomes difficult because you're right there. And by the way, there's a lot of people who know a lot of things about basketball. Just ask them. Yeah, um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there, there's a, uh, yeah. You know, I, I think I saw a thing uh, when the when the Eagles won the Super Bowl over the Patriots that one year, and and I forget the name of their head coach. Uh, Doug Peterson was his name. Yeah. And and somebody put on 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 Twitter like the day after the game, uh, you know, Doug Peterson just won the Super Bowl yesterday. But eight years ago, he was a high school coach in such and such high school. And there were a bunch of dads that thought that they were smarter than him sitting up in the stands, you know, type of thing. It's like, man, that you know, that kind of puts things in, in perspective to a degree. And I and and uh, in, our, in our coaching staff. Uh, podcast uh, that uh, we do once a week with uh, with Tony Viss. Uh, shameless plug here uh, we, we talked you know we, we we talked about we talked about parents uh, this last week and and to be clear you know 90 to 95 percent of your parents uh, if not more uh, depending on the group it, are gonna be on your side they're gonna believe in you they're gonna let you coach your child you know and and they've put their 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 trust in you and uh you know that's a, that's an important thing to have and, and to build like you said and a lot of times parents get a bad rap but most of them are going to be on your side
1: 100 percent. that's the great thing about it yeah
0: coaches are absolutely loving are taking over a new program booklet As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. All right, at this time, Jason, uh, we are going to switch gears a little bit. Uh, We are going to go with our John Wooden quote of the day and I was I was leafing through Wooden a Lifetime of Observations today and the quote was was so good that I literally shared it with our team before we started practice here today I brought out my Wooden Lifetime of Observations now I asked my girls uh, you girl, you know who John Wooden is and And none of them knew who it was. So I've done a bad job. (laughs) I've done a bad job of educating my players on the history of the game here. So uh, I need to do a better job in that regard. But uh, uh, I'm going to throw this out here, Coach. And uh, feel free free to, uh, to respond to comment on it here. So are you ready, sir?
1: Ready.
0: All right. The John Wooden quote of the day is from page 143 of Wooden, A Lifetime of Observations. When you improve a little each day eventually big things occur. Don't look for the big, quick improvement. Seek the small improvement one day at a time. That's the only way it happens, and when it happens, it lasts.
1: Can you, can you send that to me, please? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I tell you what; I'll do you one better. I'll, I'll give Coach uh, the Coach Wooden Estate uh, twelve bucks, and you can order it on Amazon. Just look yeah. it up on page one forty three yeah. there. So,
1: yeah, no kidding. What a great quote. Um, one of the things that that's going to. If a team can buy into that right there, they're gonna they're gonna have a good chance at the end of the season. And as a coach, that's all you want, right? No yeah. matter where you start, you want to be able to compete uh, and put your best foot forward at the end of the year. And the only way to do that um, is to take those little steps every day. Um, and if you if you commit to that, that you're, good things are gonna happen. And in fact, uh, uh, we have a we have many goals throughout the season, and one of our many goals right now is. Make each practice count, uh-huh. um, you know these are the hard practices in the season because it's getting long it's dragging and and practices can get away from you, and you can lose those opportunities. so we have that mini goal right now in the month of January is make each practice count and um man, that quote articulates that way better than I could have ever said that yeah, uh,
0: you know my girls uh you know it's it's kind of become fun. I was talking to a parent. Um, after a game, and and the thing that, it, and, and my girls, I they get tired of me saying it. I, I know, but I don't care. Uh, we, we we tell them, you know, every day, we got to get 1% better today. We got to get at least 1% better today. We Before we start every game, hey, we, let's go out, let's have fun, let's get better today. Let's get better today. And, um, you know, hopefully that, you know, you're talking about implementing culture in a community, and I was talking to one of our Uh, or I ran into one of our parents uh before tip, uh last week, and you know, and I was talking to I I forget which parent it was even, but uh I was like hey you know he said hey good luck today, make sure you get one percent better today coach, I was like. good good all right it's 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 sinking in here so uh hey
1: what your kid is talking to you about this that's <laughs> yeah. awesome yeah
0: yeah that's that, that's happy to hear that the the dinner table is actually uh, going in the right direction there so
1: and they're listening
0: yes exactly. yeah that 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 is true that is true so uh yeah you know it's 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 all about that and and i think um you know sometimes when we when we grade our improvement on our wins and losses, sometimes that can be a, not sometimes, a lot of the time, that can be a very deadly, deadly trap. Because if we're just grading our improvement on did we win or did we lose, you can play great and lose and you can play uh, terrible and win. And and, And if you struggle to win two or three games for various different reasons, boy, that can really sabotage a season as you're moving forward. So I think it's important to keep those focuses on things like you and I are talking about here to keep that train moving forward during the tough times, whether it's the dog days of January or, uh, you know, whatever the situation may be. So uh, is that part of your thought process as well, Jason?
1: Oh my gosh, 100%. In the end, be the best you that you can be, because that's what this life is all about. Um, And if you can be the best you you can be, that may be that may be the best in the world, and it may be completely average and in the end that's okay. Compete against yourself, don't measure yourself against others don't compare yourself, do the best that you can do um, and if you do that, you will find happiness in this life and that's what it's all about
0: yeah well let's get into some of your basketball stuff here Jason uh, uh, one of the things and and I was looking at your stats here early today um, on on max preps. And and one stat really jumped out to me that uh, I was really impressed with. You guys are only committing about an ad- now, unless you're fibbing on the uh, uh, on the statistics here. And and I and I know somebody <laughs> at the NSAA that if you're lying, I'm going to turn you into that that yes. you, you shared a home with. But you guys are only fouling, uh, according to your stats, about 11 times a game, which is unheard of at the high school level. Uh, I wanted to touch on that. You know, what are you doing? to teach your kids to play good defense without committing a bunch of personal fouls.
1: Well, it's something honestly that we focus on and, and I feel like we have to, um, we're not tremendously deep. Um, the other thing, we have some pretty critical players that we need on the court and if they're fouling, they can't be on the court cause they got to sit. So oh, okay. we talk almost, we talk every game about, listen, um, play aggressive, but don't give referees reasons to call you for a foul. Mm-hmm. We, we may not agree with the foul call, but if you give them a reason, how can you argue with that? So yeah. um, we, we talk about that a lot. Like uh, if it looks like a foul, they might call it. Mm-hmm. Don't make it look like a foul. So the, And then the other piece is, is and I think this is huge, adjust.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, adjust. If they're letting you play, play. If they're not letting you play, play. Um, make the adjustments. And if, if you do, um, you're going to find yourself in a spot where um, we don't have to make uh, personnel changes because of foul trouble and mm-hmm. when we don't have to make personnel changes because of foul trouble we have the best chance possible to be successful in that game so it's just something that we talk about and mm-hmm. the girls have bought into it i think i've yelled at them enough apparently <laughs> to <laughs> stop fouling or whatever but uh, yeah it's something we, we we do focus on
0: what uh are you doing anything in practice to to work on playing you know, again, the 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 great defense without fouling. Uh, is there, is there any specific concepts that you're doing in practice, other than just talking about it? Uh, are are you calling practice a little bit tighter uh, to encourage them to? Hey, you got to figure out how to get stops, even when they're calling the game tight or whatever. You know, do you have anything that you're doing there?
1: Man, I wish I I wish I had some great nuggets for you, but I don't. Um, all we really do is is I'll just tell them in a, in a, in a, when we're practicing, uh, that's foul. That's foul. You know, it's just something that we, we, it's part of our, it's part of our practices. Um, get your hands off. Uh, so other than what most people probably typically do know, I just think it's a matter of those kids know that they need to be on the court. And mm-hmm. if they're going to be on the court, they got to be a smart defensive player.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's get into, uh, and, and we've talked a little bit about this, Uh, this evening already. Uh, Culture and building a culture and community. You talked about how around 2007-2008 there was a conscientious uh, build within your Pender community to improve at athletics and specifically girls basketball and so forth and so on down the line. Uh, What are you doing right now within your community? team within your program the last couple of years to build upon that really solid culture that your girls basketball program has there at pender
1: so again what i honestly think it is is it's, is assessing where where your kids are and whatever their capacity to put time in is it's pushing them just a little bit further than that, and so again, the kid who's who's fully bought in and is willing to do whatever whatever you ask him to do, um, it's uh, well. Thankfully, two of those are my kids. <laughs> it, it, it's driving them to. Uh, driving them to Omaha once a week and Lincoln once a week for, uh, for Nebraska Supreme practice and driving the other two to Sioux city for, for practice up there uh, in the off season. Um, And then for the kid who, who, you know, just isn't interested in those types of things, it's, it's getting them to uh, be at your, your team camps and and show up to your, your, your summer activities and things like that. Uh, That's obviously within program. um, But then the, the kids who are, are coming up it's it's talking to the adults empowering them helping them understand like hey um we got a great thing going here what do you need from me um so that i can help you and, and your kids uh get involved and get active and 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 find the love for the game and and figure out a way to be as successful as possible with it so to, to me it's just pushing kids and, and giving them as many opportunities as possible and, and pressing them just a little bit further than, than they might be comfortable with. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think, uh, and, and, and I've talked about this with uh, my, uh, my really good friend uh, Dick Jungers over in Iowa, and uh, with your geographic location uh, where, where Pender is, you guys are about, what, 35, 40-ish minutes outside of Sioux City, probably, right? Yes. Yeah, about forty minutes, 40, 45 minutes, and it's a good probably hour to Omaha, a little bit more.
1: Yeah, about it. Yeah, depending on where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, do Do you think your uh just your just your geographic location helps with that community culture? And and when I say that, I, I think sometimes when you get into uh, suburban schools or uh, bedroom communities outside of larger communities, sometimes those cultures are a little bit harder to build because you have so many options. You know, you have kids that are, uh, you know, I play for, you know, my high school, but I also play for uh, this club, club team and, and whatever sport or activity that they choose to participate in. And, and their their loyalties are, are kind of going in a lot of different directions. Whereas most of your kids, when you're talking about building that culture, the culture is essentially focused just on the Pendragons. And just because there is a, I don't want to say not as many opportunities, but the opportunities are harder to get to it. The the ease of the opportunities are harder to get to. Do you think that helps build that within your community?
1: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You know, um, and you could, you could, relate that to a lot of different concepts of a, of a small town just far enough away from, from all of those opportunities, you know, we kind of got to fend for ourselves a little bit. We're close enough that we can, you know, it's not like we're a long ways away, but. um, But it takes some effort, you know,
0: it it takes some effort to get to Sioux city or get to Omaha. Yeah.
1: Exactly. It's not just a, yes, a hundred percent. So yeah, that, that definitely has an impact on the program. And, and um, I think the communities who, uh, when that exists, take advantage of that so to speak by 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 having adults who are who care about the kids and the programs and 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 do things intentionally to to grow those kids yeah, I absolutely think you have that that piece of the puzzle in place and and then once you get it there you know that loyalty man uh some of our neighbors uh you know we, we we get along, but when it comes to the basketball court, you know, <laughs> those, those, uh, those rivalries are, are thick, you know, uh-huh. and that definitely is in the, in the equation.
0: Mm-hmm. Coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs. But sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs. And now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available for you, to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a, pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. You, uh... You have a uh, again your your full time job description is a little bit different. Uh, you're dealing with every parent in the community, uh, from from pre K to seniors in high school and everything in between. Obviously, as, as superintendent, so you have you have done a lot of different communication with a wide variety of of clientele in in probably. God only knows every about every circumstance you can think of Jason you know um, and, and I say that as a, as a compliment that, that that's a hard yeah. job it's a it's a hard hard job uh, what you know based on that you know how do you or how have you taken those experiences and created a strong line of communication and and what are what are the Words of advice that you have for coaches to communicate with their parents within their programs to create a positive environment.
1: Yeah, so definitely seeing it from the superintendent position has has given me the ability to see it from a different perspective that that other people don't get, and uh, you know I think you got to take advantage of that when you can, and so I, I do my best with it. But probably the biggest thing that I've seen and, and that I that I hope is is. Um, to be able to have a positive school, um, a, a successful school and things going in the right direction, you got to have great relationships. Um, that's with students, with families, with teachers, um, and that's amongst all of those groups as well. And so we work hard and tender, um, to, to have positive relationships with people and, um, that's worked, um, I, i'll brag about our school here just a, a second yeah. we're, we're a pretty successful school we do really good things and that's because we have great people and um what, what we've done is uh we have made sure that everyone is is like i said working at, at, on the same page and, and fighting in the same direction and and doing the same things but uh uh I just completely lost my train of thought, Marty. Uh, uh
0: parents, how to communicate with them well? Uh you know, how you know advice for for coaches, what do you do to communicate with your basketball parents?
1: Good lord, sorry about that. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> it's
0: it, it's the middle of January. All of our brains yeah. are a little mush at this point.
1: Yeah, we had a 7:15 interview this morning. Anyway, um <laughs> so so those relationships are huge and and as a coach, what, what I've seen uh, work well and what I've seen uh, cause problems are is, is those relationships with your families and your kids are what make or break you and not everything is going to go the way that you want it to go as a coach things are going to go wrong uh, you hope things go as right as possible but when things go wrong do you have good enough relationships with your with your kids and with your families to have the honest conversations that need to, that need to be had so that you can make a yeah. Uh, a little issue, a big issue, or something in between, you can you can get past it, or, or do you not have those relationships in place that you need, and when those things come up, uh, maybe a little issue becomes a giant issue, and all of a sudden you're in a world of hurt, and from the superintendent perspective, I, I've seen that, I know that, and, and I feel like it's helped us be as good as we can be, and I, I take that right into my program, and make sure that <clears throat> um, I, I know that my families don't always we don't always agree, yeah. but what we what we do know is is that they can come to me and they can tell me things that I may not want to hear, and there's going to be no repercussions for their kid. There's going to be no repercussions for them. Um, that's an honest conversation that's going to uh, help us be stronger and, and better in the end. And I think that's been huge. What uh,
0: do you have any specific things that you may do? Uh, other than the, you know, the random conversation, I mean, do you do, you do like a parent social? Do you do, uh, you know, just, just anything like that to, to uh, and again, in your community, you're probably running into parents wherever you go, uh, you know, but uh, just just, are, are there any other type of proactive things that you do kind of in an organized fashion that folks may want to replicate for their own program?
1: Yeah, one of the things we do that I think has been really, really awesome, and we're doing it in all of our programs, is, is we're putting out a preseason survey to parents and just asking them simple questions that, uh, as coaches, we need to know so that we can uh, do the best that we can for your, for your kids and your families. And the, the questions are simple things like, what, do you, what are your goals for your son or daughter in this program? Uh, what does a good experience in girls' basketball look like for your daughter?" um, as a parent, um, what do you expect, um, out of the coach? Um, so, so just asking them and it's, it's like, I think it's like an eight or 10 question survey and we're just trying to pick our parents' minds so that we know where they're at. And what I feel like that's done is, is open lines of communication. And, you know, some people are probably reluctant, but, uh, but others, uh, most, for the most part that 90 to 95% that they'll, they'll give you honest feedback. And mm-hmm. I just feel like that's really opened the lines of communication for us mm-hmm. in positive ways.
0: I've, Done that with my players, and I've asked similar questions about that. One of the questions that I ask my players is, uh, "Okay, do your do you feel like your goals align with your parents' goals and expectations? Do your expectations line up with your with your parents' expectations? and And have you had that conversation with your with your parents? But I kind of like that idea of of having that parent." survey just to put those feelers out. If it's if it's worded the right way, uh you can get a lot of positives out of that, I think. Um I, I, I think that's that's not a bad idea, especially before the season gets going. So sometimes you may have and I think sometimes we as coaches, when we have heightened expectations of a player or of a group, and then they don't meet those expectations, sometimes that, frust- you know, that gets us frustrated. And then that gets us into a place mentally where we're getting upset with the kids and frustrated with the parents because they're not meeting our expectations when maybe they just don't have that same expectation that you have. I mean, is that maybe part of it as well, Jason?
1: That is 100% yet. And that's, that's, that's what i talked about a little bit and that's a, that a, you just hit the nail on the head if, if i know where you're at and you know where i'm at we we need to know that so that we can get on the same page and if we're on the same page we have a chance of being successful and if we're not it's going to be it's going to be rough
0: mm-hmm. gotcha uh, let's talk a little player development. Let's actually jump in on the floor here a little bit. What uh, what are some things you know? You just said player development. I'm going to open it up to you here, Jason. I'm going to let you cook. Talk to us about uh, developing your players. You know, you've you've done a lot with your daughters with uh, playing outside of your your school program and playing some club ball. So uh, I'm just going to let let's just talk a little player development. I'm going to let you lead and and I'll chime in when I think it's appropriate.
1: Sounds good. Well, one of the things I I feel like I have a good basketball foundation. Uh, I learned a lot from being a player and and coaching along the way. But what I've learned about player development is, is um, I don't know very much. (laughs) (laughs) And and man, player development is is me taking uh, taking note of what everyone else is doing around me and and watching and and not not having too much of an ego to say uh that team that i really don't want to lose to what they're doing here is awesome and i've got to take that and what that team's doing over there what that coach is doing i have paid very close attention whenever i take my kids to a practice uh, a skill session or anything like that i i love watching other people coach them and and see what they ask them to do. And, mm-hmm. um, that's been huge. So, mm-hmm. um, on the player development side, I think that's, that's one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle. The other piece of the puzzle on player development side, it relates to the the other piece about coaching into today, today's environment. And that is the, the club scene. And, um, you, you talked about that and, um, where you're at, I think you have a little bit, you have some club opportunities for kids and, mm-hmm. and those are out there. What I would say is, is kids who want to be a part of that, need to they need to go experience it and it's a great way uh, to to develop skills and to get game experience and things of that nature and what i have found is is what's most important in my opinion is finding a club program finding uh, that fits your kit not everybody is a national level player um and and that's okay like Mm -hmm. i said we're we're in tender if i can get a go a kid to go play on the the lowest level club team at whatever uh sports uh store down the street where the club team (laughs) has um and, and it's right for them that's gonna that's gonna be pushing them just a little bit mm-hmm. that is exactly what they need and then the other kid needs to go find that national team that can that can push them and and uh there's just club opportunities for everybody out there right now yeah and um it's what i see and this is maybe on the parent side uh trust those people that they're trying to put your kids in the best place and uh do your best to take advantage of them because they're 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 something that can be really advantageous, or they can be really frustrating and make mm-hmm. you really mad and
0: never go back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and and I think you also have to take a look at those club programs. and And one of the things that we've done at our school, uh, our our schools are fairly similar in size. We're bigger, but not by a lot. Uh, yeah. We are dependent. You know, I'm dependent on certain cross-country first kids that are doing this or or volleyball kids or track kids or whatever they may be and and what we've tried to do and what most of our kids have done and, and our club uh, involvement has grown tremendously the last two years uh, and and I, and I think in today's day and age, uh, you need some kids that do that. If you want to be successful, you you have to have some kids that have that extra commitment or boy, you better have some really, really good genetics in your community. Uh, <laughs> you know, But uh, that being said, most of our kids play on a fairly regional uh, club program because we don't we can't have most of our kids, uh, playing ten weekends in the spring and summer because they need to run track as well for our track program to be as good as they can be. And if they're missing three or four meets in the spring because they're going all over the country, that's a hard fit for our community as well. Kind of like what you're saying there. And, and I so and, and I and I think that not only is that an important fit for the individual, but I also think that it's important that. We, as high school coaches, do research to find club programs that are going to f- help fit the overall program of our school. Now, each individual kid and each individual family is going to make their own decisions. And we may say, we may be thinking, uh, the important thing is we don't say it. We may be thinking, you know, gosh, Billy, um, I wouldn't do that if I were you, Um you know or you can you can kind of say that in a nice way but if they decide to go that route you have no other choice but to to bless that decision by that kid and that family and and I think sometimes that's hard for us as high school coaches to let that go in in that regard is is that some of your experience as well coach
1: yeah definitely you know there there's definitely some places that, again it's finding a, it's finding a good place for your kid that's going to help them it's it's beyond just basketball you know Mm -hmm. that experience on the club scene can just be phenomenal and uh finding the right spot for your kid is just huge
0: Mm -hmm. as you as you've watched your your kids work out with these uh club coaches and 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 trainers or whatever the situation has been jason what are some of the really good things that you've seen these coaches do
1: oh wow um Again, it's 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 doing things different than, than what I believe. So so some simple things like, you know, when I when I grew up, and probably you too, if you were on the right side, you shot a layup with your right hand off of your left foot. And if you didn't, you were wrong, and you were screamed at by your coach to do it right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I just went up and um, dunked it myself. That's what I did. Well, I just went up and just did the James Worthy <laughs> stretch slam. That's what I did, so.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so something as simple as uh, – teaching, teaching finishes from, uh, goofy, goofy places, you know, inside foot, inside hand, outside foot, outside hand, those types of things. And, you know, that, that might seem simple, but unless you've run across it, you don't, uh, when you're, when you're 42 years old, like I am, you, you may not realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those are the types of things, just, just, uh, uh trying new things, pushing them outside of their box. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as something's easy Probably the biggest thing is, is as soon as something is easy for them, um, the, they're pushing them in a different direction, mm-hmm. and, and then they need to do something that's that much more difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just just uh, thinking the game outside the box is is an important thing to do. And I think as the as the game grows and as social media helps with the sharing of information, uh, you know that that helps as well that helps as well. And, and you, sure. you, you see the YouTube clips and all that other stuff. So,
1: you know, there's so many good free resources out there that are just awesome. Yeah. Uh,
0: hopefully kind of like a pen and a napkin. So exactly,
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. So uh,
0: Jason, any, any, uh, social media, any of that type of stuff that you'd like to plug for, uh, for your program, for your, for your school district, any of that type of stuff?
1: Oh, uh, the only thing I would say is, uh, it's always a great day to be a pendragon,
0: okay, awesome well, we will leave it at that and and those. Those Penn dragons will lean, lead the uh, group of clans out to warfare against other clans, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in history class tomorrow. Actually, we won't. We'll be talking about McCarthyism, but uh, I, w- I won't bore anybody with that right now. Uh, Jason, Jason Dolliver, head girls basketball coach at uh, Pender High School. Uh, coach, thanks so much for your time tonight. I really appreciate it. I hope you've had a good time on the pod
1: had a great time thank you i appreciate it a lot
0: all right uh why don't you hold the line here for a second got to wrap up a couple things here uh again jason dolliver uh head girls basketball coach pender high school they're off to a heck of a year here got a great chance to get down to the state tournament um if you're in the omaha area and and you need a, just a nice little adjustment go see cosac chiropractic 144th and maple uh give dr kevin or dr heidi a call and and let them know that you, you just need a little love there uh, follow us on Twitter at A Pen and a Napkin. Again, download, rate, review this uh, this terrific podcast that we've had here. Uh, questions, comments, suggestions, ideas, email me, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Check out a pen and, a and, of course, if you'd be so willing, visit the Patreon page, patreon.com backslash a pen and a napkin. It's been a terrific conversation with Jason Dolliver here tonight, episode 156. Uh, hope folks enjoyed it we're back with the interviews uh, we're back getting on schedule here and uh, this will be dropping on a Friday a little bit different we did the coaching staff on Monday we're dropping this on Friday we've got another interview lined up for for a oh, Monday so we're gonna we're gonna go back-to-back interview pods here 156 and 157 should be good stuff so coaches as always let's be sure to hone our craft one day